Thanks for tuning in to Freelancer Therapy. My name is Amber Rhodes. I've been a freelancer myself. And on every episode of Freelancer Therapy, I will be talking to a freelancer, a solopreneur, part-time, full-time, anytime, and asking them about their mental health and wellness. Enjoy the show. Thanks for tuning in to Freelancer Therapy. Today, I am joined by the unstoppable Emily, I think it's Siavolo, but I always say Chavala in my head. That is the correct pronunciation, (laughs) so. Hey, Emily, how are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thank you for having me. No worries. So um, I was actually really excited when you reached out because so for some background, Emily and I work together now. So we are not freelancers. We're not currently freelancers, but we both have been. Um, And can you tell me a little bit about the freelancing that you did do previously? Yeah. So when I left my my prior company, um, I started a little business. Um, on my own. And with the thought of that, I was going to do just career coaching and like executive coaching and like, um, um, like management uh, training and things like that. Um, But I got a call from um, one of a a company local to my area that I I knew somebody that worked there and they were um, a small company. So that's kind of what I started doing is just helping the smaller companies build up their um, human resources infrastructure, um, you know, building processes and, um, you know, helping them with recruiting and things like that and building out like roadmaps and stuff like that for their, their people operations type stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I got a couple client, other clients through, you know, my network, um, and, and I did the, did the same thing. So what I thought was going to be a, you know, kind of individual coaching and, you know, kind of like training business turned into really helping, um, small businesses with their, with their people side and, and the infrastructure, building the infrastructure for their, their HR. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. What was the appeal of doing this like freelance enterprise? Um, I think I was just really burnt out from like big corporate companies um, and, you know, not having the ability or um, I guess, you know, trust from leadership and the high ups and things like that to, you know, kind of really do what I wanted to do. Um, and, and things take a really long time in larger companies and things like that. Right. So obviously our topic is mental health today. I've struggled with ADHD and anxiety my whole life. And, um, I needed a faster paced environment, (laughs) um, of like, let's get this done. You know, let's have a sense of urgency around things. And so, um, you know, the pandemic hit and I was one of those people that was like, what am I doing with with my life. And, um, I said, you know what, this is, you know, it's not serving me anymore to be in these, you know, kind of larger companies and just like, you know, one of 50 or a hundred, you know, people in the HR department, you know, I really wanted a, a better or a, a broader, you know, hand in, you know, change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, I, I kind of had all intentions of like, so I, I moved out of Boston. I was living in Boston. I, I didn't love it. I didn't really connect with the city. Uh, like I thought I would, I love visiting and it's lovely, but it's very densely populated and just, just dense, you know, yeah. city. it's tough to get around. So anyway, I, um, I moved about an hour South uh, of the city with all intentions of getting on 
the commuter rail like a lot of people do up in up in New England but um I kind of got settled in and I was like I'm not going to do that <laughs> I'm not going to get on the train so maybe it's time to go out on my own and I had I had thought about it for years but mm -hmm. never had the um you know the the timing um I guess and you know I, I was just too afraid to to do it, you know. So I was like, "All right, if I'm going to do, I'm going to do it right now." Was it just what was that like deciding factor? Can you think back to the exact moment where you like, "This is what I have to do right now," where mm. the fear kind of went away, or maybe not the fear didn't go away, but that desire just trumped everything? Yeah, I think it was more of like um an alignment of a lot of different things that I identified as like okay this is the opportunity mm -hmm. um I, I'm I've kind of lived my life I'm a bit of an opportunist um you know kind of um take things as they come and you know make decisions and if something pops up that you know is you know something worth it or you know I'm always like okay you know um, I'll, I'll do that. But, um, so yeah, I, I think I just really identified like a few different factors, you know, um, the obviously changing of the times, you know, with, um, mm -hmm. you know, the pandemic and things like that, people working remotely, um, played a factor as well. Cause two of my, two of the clients that I had were, were remote. Um, and then one of them, um, I was on site, but, yeah, I think I was just able to identify and jump really quickly and say, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this now. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of started doing it, in, doing it in phases too. Like, you know, I got my LLC and I I wrote my, you know, kind of what I wanted, you know, my, my company to be. And I did my website. So like little things like that kind of like, you know, kind of kept me going and, and, you know, kind of kept me motivated. Mm -hmm. um, although, you know, I still had a, a streak of, imposter syndrome like what am I this is nobody what am I doing like you know but um but yeah all those little things kind of um yeah kept me motivated um and at the start of at the start of something like this I I tend to be super confident like yeah I could uh -huh. why, not <laughs> why why not you know why can't I have this you know kind of life and freedom of you know that I want um so yeah <laughs> I just jumped yeah <laughs> of that since like <laughs> so you had all this confidence do you think that you were able to maintain it as you were like gaining more clients so clearly you were being validated did you struggle with imposter syndrome throughout that process oh yeah yeah and it's and I think I think the freelancer consultant you know um, kind of working way of working is that, you know, you really have to constantly keep yourself in check. Um, you know, I mean, obviously like full-time employment offers a little bit more of like, you know, a kind of like stability, right. Yep. Um, you have a longer kind of period of time where you can get to know your peers and other people's working style and things like that. Right. But like, yeah, as, as a freelancer, you know, getting in the door and, you know, building rapport is, you know, it's just in this really condensed time frame. So you really have to kind of just push that out of your head the best that you can. They hired me for a reason. They hired me for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, like, 
um, and really, really stay hard at, at, you know, staying focused, quiet the noise, you know, and, um, you know, kind of put us, put that aside. Like, yeah, I might've felt like that at the end of the day, you know, but, you know, while I was in it, you know, and, and doing the work, um, you know, it was, it was confidence building, but yeah, you did, you do really have to like, keep yourself in check. Um, I think much more frequently, (laughs) um, when, when you are, when you're freelancing. And I tend to also be like, you know, I I want a lot of feedback too. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, um, I would, you know, ask for feedback, you know, um, depending on, you know, kind of the length of the project, you know, either weekly or monthly and that sort of thing. So, you know, number one, I could focus on things that, you know, I might have not thought were super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, yeah, I mean, it's validation, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think like having been in that freelancer role, you take on a lot of stuff that you don't even think about. So like you're your own accountant, you know, you're your own calendar keeper, but more than that, you're your own boss. So like seeking out the the feedback, you really have to seek out feedback. Like it's not scheduled on your calendar. Um, and then you don't have someone constantly being like, oh, you're doing great. Oh, you're doing so wonderful. In fact, it's just you. And you yeah. yourself, like, or me, I have a lot of negative self-talk. So it's like, there's an extra battle in being my own boss that I didn't anticipate at all. Yeah, yeah. I found that... Um... I journaled a lot more, um, when I was, when I was consulting, um, just because I had to get all the stuff out of my head, you know, so I would start the day 15 minutes in the morning, um, and just scribble, right. Um, all the, all the stuff out, you know, so I, I find that, you know, and I'll, I'll do it now from time to time. Um, if I'm like stressed or, you know, kind of just overwhelmed, um, that's kind of like my trigger. Like maybe I should just kind of take out a piece of paper and just, you know, kind of scribble everything on it um, mm-hmm. to just get out of my head. But um, I found that that was really, really helpful um, when I was, when I was freelancing. Yeah, that's a great note. Um, journaling is something I've always wanted to get into and I just cannot do it consistently unless yeah. it's like I book journal and that's the only thing I've been able to do consistently. But like, having that routine how did you set that routine was it just that you were just like I need to get those ideas out or did you actually take actions to make a routine yeah I did I would set an alarm in the mornings um for yeah 15 minutes and it just said like scribble time (laughs) Um, (laughs) they didn't want it to be like you know journaling or you know um so just kind of to like give myself the, you know, um, the pass to, you know, not be so serious about it. Oh yeah. Also that I, I, I I knew I needed to do it as well. And even if I thought that I didn't, I'm, you know, didn't have anything or, you know, kind of mucking up my brain that morning, um, I would make myself do it anyway. Yeah. And I bet it was still revelatory. You were like, that was in there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll sit down and journal and then I'll like 
I'll believe I have to write him something amazing, like I'm George Washington and like whatever I say is for history, you know, and I just can't get out of my head enough for that. So you were just kind of taking that out and you're like, whatever words come out, come out. Yeah, I and I would I if I couldn't or didn't know where to start, because I do that, too. Like, I, I need to write something, you know, <laughs> grand or yeah. like, I there are days when I would just like write the word blah (laughs) (laughs) I love that and then that and then and then you know that would kind of stir you know something up like why am I blah and then I would write another word so you know sometimes I you know when I would sit down to do it it would just be like all right just write one word you know and then that kind of you know would would spiral very seldom when I when I did it like that it would ever just end at that one word. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't mean to like keep drawing out this conversation about journaling, but I do, What I think what interests me most about it is that it shows me that you're really self-reflective. And Mm. I wonder like, can you pinpoint when that started? When just this like act of self-reflecting became super important to you? Mm. Um, I had a really, really great counselor for a very long time, many, many years. And, um, and I think that that's kind of where, where it really sprouted. Um, I am a huge fan of therapy, whether you think you need it or not, like, you know, Mm -hmm. whether you think you have something to say that day or whatever. I mean, I just, there's nothing like, you know, having an hour or so to just talk to somebody that, that's all they're paid to do is to listen and that's not serious. you know like interject or whatever and I had a lovely lovely counselor she was just amazing and we like I would be friends with her if it wasn't like <laughs> not <you know>. okay <laughs> yeah not okay um I think too you know over the course of my career um I got really into um like learning and development and doing like training and coaching sem- seminars um, building like manager training, um, modules and things like that kind of, that's like where, you know, HR is a huge umbrella, but that's kind mm-hmm. of where my skill set lies is in like, um, you know, like the people development kind of the organizational psychology stuff, you know, yeah. and a lot of, of that training, right. Um, has a lot of those elements in it, right. To be a good manager, you need to, you know, kind of be self-aware as well, right? Mm-hmm. And understand kind of how people work and what motivations are and things like that, you know? So I think over the course of my, you know, 15 years in, in HR, I think that stuff kind of creeps in in you as well. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the best at it, right? But um, that is something that um, I, I've been grateful that I've learned to do is like, like be self-reflective and there's Mm -hmm. times where I'm, you know, you know, like you said, you know, I'm not super kind to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what I'm learning now is not to be so hard on myself. I also did, I've, I've done like some, like, I have a coach myself. Um, and I've, I've had a couple coaches. I, I, you know, I have, um, somebody now that I lean on from time to time. Um, she's actually a good friend and former colleague of mine that is actually now, um, a certified, um, 
life coach, career, you know, coach, professional coach, and she's just wonderful. Um, so I lean on, I do lean on her a lot when kind of my, my self-doubt and my, you know, my self-talk isn't super nice. So you, do you currently have a therapist and a life slash career coach? I don't have a therapist right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been thinking about wanting to find one again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as you know, it's so tough. <laughs> it's so, you know, I've, I, I had one a while ago up here in, in, in New England. And mm-hmm. after, you know, a few months I was like, I don't think this isn't clicking. She's nice, but yeah just not clicking. So it is, you know, it is a, a task and, you know, um, a, a journey to find some, that, that person that you are comfortable with. Yeah. So, yeah. I actually love to talk about that a little bit because I think that especially people who haven't seen counselors before it, if they're just told to go see a therapist, they don't know what they're walking into. And yeah. the truth is, Uh, you're not, you're probably not going to like your first therapist or your second or even your third. And um, I know I didn't like my first one. And then like, I had a weird relationship with my second one and I was bound by budget. (laughs) Like I could only spend, I was on a sliding scale. So I was like, I need to be able to just pay $10. But so imagine someone is, they have the money, they want to find a therapist how do they go about it? Like from your experience, you've had a really great counselor. What would you say to look for? Um, I think, I think some people get hung up on and, um, hung up on gender right off the bat. I don't want to see a male or I don't want to see a female, right? Unless there's some sort of like trauma or something there, right? Yeah. Like, you, you know, um, I get that. Um, however, you know, I, I think, you know, um, really thinking about that um, first. And if that's your first kind of like, I want to see a female, you mm-hmm. know, <clears throat> like think about why, right? Yeah. Um, and then maybe write, you know, write some things down and, okay, well, maybe I just kind of just want to see a female or fine. Right. But be open. Um, I think, um, to that as well. Um, but so I found myself with the person that, um, that I cut ties with, I mean, that sounds very harsh, but it just wasn't a good fit. Um, like every, every single like session I had, which was like, um, every couple of weeks or so, I found myself answering the same questions. I was like, oh man, she asked, she's asked this a few times now. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I didn't get a sense that, you know, she was l- really listening. Um, and after, I think it was, it really was like a couple months. So it was like six, eight sessions or something like that. I, I just found myself like, thinking like, is this still in like the introductory? Right. Do you know me? Yeah. Yeah. So if you get a sense after, you know, maybe, and and I started feeling this way after like, like four sessions, you know? Mm, Um, so if you kind of get that sense a little early, you know, um, you know, that, that might be a flag. Um, I think also somebody that, um, 
matches your energy is good too. Um, yeah. My, my counselor in, she was down in Atlanta when I lived there, you know, we would have like really like um, just lively conversations and that's kind of how, like what I respond to. Mm-hmm. So um, not to say that somebody that's more kind of even, even keel or, you know, I kind of get a little just like anxious, you know, with like the silence. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and I don't know, having her and like, just kind of with her personality, um, it was really like, like sparking, you know, um, mm-hmm. so I am somebody that needs to really just like think out loud. Um, and that's how I get my creativity. So, you know, having her like allow me to do that, um, you know, was, was key. Um, so yeah, kind of matching somebody that maybe matches your energy. Um, and yeah, like if, if you don't feel like they're kind of grasping like the basics of like who you are, um, after, you know, several sessions, um, and then also too, you know, a lot of, I think it's, um, a myth, like, well, they're just going to tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is teaching you how to identify, you know, triggers, what have you, right. Self-awareness, whatever, you know, um, but not to say that sometimes they don't, (laughs) because sometimes we need a kick in the pants, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, so I've been to therapy before and I've been like learning about mental health for a few years now. And I thought that cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT was like the one. And then I found out that there's all these other kinds of therapy practices. And I was like, oh, maybe that's something that if I had known, I would have explored it. And maybe those would have been more powerful for me. So like, yeah, to do a lot of education like educate yourself because it's not just available and no no counselor that I went to told me like we're doing this specifically and not doing this yep yeah right there are yeah yeah I really would I'd I'd love to try um hypnosis I don't know why I yeah 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 I know um and there's a there's a pl- few places around, around me that do it. I don't know what for, I mean, maybe just, you know, like anxiety, it's supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be like, like you have meditated. Um, and I have a hard time like making myself make like meditate. Um, I just, I can do like breath work and things like that, but meditation mm-hmm. is just not, <laughs> not what I'm wired for. Um, but I've heard, um, that that's kind of, you know, what it, you know, kind of feels, feels like, you know, so I guess people say it, like it helps with anxiety and things like that. And there's also these really cool things or there's like a spot, not, it's not a spot. It's like, that sounds very frou-frou, but, um, what is it called? Um, sensory deprivation where you like lay in like a epsom salt you know and you're so i'd really like to i'd like to try that out too in theory i think i would but the idea of just being in like a tank with my thoughts for an hour yeah um i'll wait yeah a few years yeah they have these like two-person ones 
So oh. cousin and I are wanting to do it. Just, I, I feel like I would just need to like reach out and just like touch, like, okay, there is somebody else. Here. I'm not. Yeah. It's a by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll update you if I do that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I kind of wanted to circle back. So like you had mentioned earlier that you have ADHD and I can imagine that just like in everyday work, it affects you, but especially as a freelancer, I'm wondering how you juggle, because like we said, you're your own boss. So you create your own days. <laughs> and when you don't have that structure already laid out for you, how do you, mm-hmm. how did you handle that? I was really bad at it. That is mm-hmm. one of the things that was most difficult for me um, when I was working for myself was structuring my day and sticking yeah. with it. I mean, obviously it's easier when you're, when you go on site somewhere. Um, but yeah, that, that was the most difficult. And I, I don't know that I really cracked it. Um, by the time I, I went back to, you know, a full-time employment, but I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's just really tough. You know, I like, you know, what we were speaking about earlier, um, before the call started was how you, you know, when you're most productive or creative, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think identifying that um, mm-hmm. is really important, especially for creatives, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I did it a little bit, like I knew that I was probably n- not my shiniest after like four o'clock, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, really productive in the morning times, you know, a little bit of a lull, you know, in the afternoon. Um, and then like after four o'clock, like, like interactions with people wasn't probably what I should be doing. I'm just tired. I'm mentally drained. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the time where I did, you know, kind of my quiet work, you know, building, you know, like a training program in front of the TV, you know, just, you know, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I still kind of do that today, you know, our, our work environment, which I just, I love is very flexible. Um, and you can kind of, you know, work your own, your own day, right. Your own schedule yeah. with your kind of just cycles. Right. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of what I do now, you know, I'll, I'll shut down, you know, my laptop for a couple hours late afternoon, but then I'll fire it back up and do like the creative parts of my job, which are, you know, writing policies. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, so creative. (laughs) (laughs) Riveting, riveting. Or yeah, or, you know, kind of like, you know, making, you know, kind of like training sessions and and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Presentations and things. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you work in front of the TV and I do too. I work in front of the TV and it doesn't bother me because there is something about it that Mm -hmm. I'm able to disengage from. But I think for some people that would be shocking, (laughs) like how you concentrate with that. I'm just wondering for you. I always have something on. I always do. I, I'm in my podcast in my ears all day. I'll, I'll have the, you know, maybe like the TV on. And when I say TV, I put on very specific shows that I've watched a million times that I don't, you know, like Parks and Rec or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Just to have the noise. And, um, and I, 
typically um, lean towards like comedies, um, just mm-hmm. period in my in my life. So, you know, having that kind of, you know, little chuckle because, you know, your, you know, favorite scene is coming up, you know, um, is kind of a nice break. But um, yeah, I, I think it's almost like white noise. You know, I, it doesn't bother me at all in terms of focus um, when it's when it's very when it's quiet. I'm like living in my head. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm the same way. I mean, I'm like noise, noise, noise all the time. And then I'm still able to produce, but I know that it's not the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to know, like, so what, I understand what motivated you to go freelance and then after full-time, same for me. What was that motivation for you to make that switch again? To go back to full-time? Mm-hmm. I wanted to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> for me it was the same I was like the stability that's all I need it yeah and <clears throat> you know I <laughs> I did have my fiance is is very supportive and lovely but at the same time he was like um so I know you've got a few clients when is this really gonna drum up but you know I'm like just give me some time just give me some time you know and yeah. then, you know, we started to have the conversation about, you know, wanting to buy a house and, you know, old school, you know, mortgage people, they don't love people that work from, you know, for themselves. So it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, and it was so annoying to me, like in this day and age, like, I just want to like, come on, like do what I want to do for a profession and like you know, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the amount we're paying in rent and I've always paid in rent my entire <laughs> rental, you know, or my existence, like you, you gotta be kidding me, you know? So, but, um, and then I finally came to terms with it and I was like, all right, if I'm going to go back to work for somebody else, what are, what does that look like? And I got mm-hmm. very, very intentional with what type of environment and who I wanted to work for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of people will go freelance as like an opportunity to take control of their career path because they lost it for whatever reason. And I don't consider it a failure if you go back to full time, because what it does is like you're, you're restructuring what you want work to look like in your brain. And then if you decide to go full time, you're just matching them. I really needed it because um I was I've been in some really really cutthroat environments and I was not confident in my skill levels anymore I was constantly like you know handling things raw like HR is a bit (laughs) is a bit of a tough gig sometimes um you know, um, you're telling people, no, you're counseling people, you're, you know, there is that part of it where, you know, it's, it's not, um, you know, all rosy. Um, and I just got really, really kind of beat down. Um, and even too, you know, um, that it was hard managing my ADHD. Nobody talked about it up until, you know, very recently, it was always just kind of like, almost like a joke, right? Like, in oh, yeah. the zeitgeist right so like, <clears throat> yeah 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 little squirrel you know like yeah, oh, yeah. The, I'll tell you what ADHD actually 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. and if I did tell someone, it was like, okay, no, you're not. Like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, um, I hear you. Yeah. So um I yeah, I was just so beat down a, a little bit. And you know, so my my former colleague who was in, you know, her um, getting her coaching certificates and things like that. I did a lot of work with her. Um, and she knew how I worked and, you know, um, my working style and things like that. And, um, I really leaned on her and she really lifted me up and, you know, kind of kicked me in the butt and said, you know, you know, you know what you're good at, you know? And so, um, I did, you know, I really needed that time. Um, as a freelancer. Yeah. Like you said, and, um, to really get intentional and, you know, kind of almost get validated. Yeah. 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 I think I had a very similar journey, so I can like, I really feel where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have like two more questions to wrap up. Okay, uh, okay. One is just, I would love to know when you feel happiest at work whatever work you're doing freelance or full-time? Gosh, there's so many things. Um, I, I feel happiest. Um, I really love just connecting with, uh, with people, with our employees, my colleagues, peers, you know, whatever you call them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really like to know and get to know people and what makes them tick. And when I have a really good, you know, laugh or, or catch up, you know, with somebody, um, I, I kind of make time for catch ups that I haven't talked to somebody for a while. Right. Yeah. Um, and if I have a good laugh with somebody like that is, that is like gold and like, you know, yeah. it'll last, you know, weeks, you know, um, Cause that's, you know, humor is like one of my like number one things in life that, you know, I just always kind of strive to find in things. Um, and there's nothing like the connection of, you know, kind of a, a good laugh, good chuckle. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm training, I, I haven't done a whole lot of, um, training programs, um, or training with, um, my current role, but, um, I'm really looking forward to do, doing that. I really love, um, facilitating like, training and um and coaching yeah it sounds like those things that give you like real connection with other people those are the things that you enjoy yeah yeah not that I don't like the other stuff but it's just more boring you know everyone has a favorite thing hey I can write a policy man but (laughs) not my favorite (laughs) your creative work yeah um do you have anything going on that you want to share with the people and it's okay if it's a no but (laughs) anything like new fun not specifically professionally um (laughs) I would I I am toying with you know going and doing some like leadership courses just for myself um I've always wanted to do Toastmasters I feel like oh man I um I was I, I was a theater kid like most of my life um and I just kind of feel like I've well, it's different. It's different acting in front of people than speaking in front of people. And I feel like I could kind of brush up on my, you know, kind of like speaking skills, presentation skills and that kind of thing. Cause I do get a little in my head. 
and I tend to trip up on words and things like that. So I'd like to kind of like polish that a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, just, you know, always just trying to learn and, you know, grow in, in different ways. Um, and that's just kind of, yeah, kind of the, the goal. Yeah. It's a great goal. I mean, it's like the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just to right. keep on trucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you giving me some of your time today. And that's like all my questions for you. So Thank this you. has been great. Yeah, Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for allowing me to chat with you. And yeah, loved it. Loved of it. Course. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Freelancer Therapy. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to be a guest on Freelancer Therapy, you can reach out on Instagram at, at Freelancer Therapy or email me, Amber Rhodes, at amberrhodeswrites at gmail.com. That's A-M-B-E-R-R-H-O-D-E-S-W-R-I-T-E-S at gmail.com.